0: investment advisory services offered through Daniel Meyer, a registered investment advisor. During this show, Daniel Meyer provides general information, not individually targeted, personalized advice, and is not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and products or services should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory services. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Forge Private Wealth. By contacting Forge Private Wealth, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.
1: You know the old saying, happy wife, happy life? Retirement planning is certainly no exception to the rule. When we come back, we have some tips for you and your spouse. Welcome in to Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer. The solution set is going to be designed in such a way that it's helping bridge the gap between where the client is and where they want to go. Your retirement matters. One size never fits all. There's no one approach in financial planning. There's no one investment solution or product solution that should fit more people than it's designed for. He has the heart of an educator. There's a lot of different pieces to the puzzle. And now... Capital Insights.
2: Hey, welcome in everybody. This is Capital Insights with
0: Daniel Meyer.
2: I'm consumer advocate Steve Serra. Daniel, of course, a fiduciary. He's nearly 20 years helping folks getting to and through retirement. You will find his website at ForgePW.com Forge, F-O-R-G-E-P-W.com. Hi, Daniel. How's things? Things are great. How about you? Well, very well. Thank you. And and, uh, so this is going to be a fun segment because you're going to have to put your marriage counselor hat on at this point. Right. (laughs) Because I want to hear the stories. I want to I want to hear what what happens. And so what we're talking about is, uh, you know, just having the the spouses, uh, you know, come in, sit down and begin to have this financial discussion. And sometimes there can be some surprises, right?
1: Uh, There's been no shortage of surprises for me. (laughs) And, you know, the almost 20 years that I've been doing this, I've come across so many different situations. And it is something that keeps this job interesting, right? Is it's not just always going through a formula and giving people projections because a everybody's math and numbers are different and what they're aspiring to is different. But the picture isn't always clear and they're not always on the same page when they come in. So you definitely have to um, assist in helping them find alignment so that, you know, like we opened with, I mean, they come in maybe with some disagreements or thoughts that are different around where they want to go or what they want to do. And you want to help them find alignment where appropriate. I mean, you can't force one or the other to, you know, give in necessarily, but you do want to help them Find a path that they can take action on so that they can both get closer to where they want to be
2: well and it's right? no it's no secret that that money you know amongst a couple in in that in that relationship, money can be a pretty strong struggling point um and and cause for a
1: lot of uh, lot of uh, arguments absolutely i and and I think when we start the conversation right, if we start with the numbers, I sometimes find that it we it, we have a tough time getting away from maybe some of the initial disagreements that are there. Um, So I always say, let's not start talking numbers. Let's start talking values, dreams, aspirations, and then let's shift the conversation around the money that you have, which maybe usually is more around the day to day budget or who's spending what or what they're prioritizing their spending on. And let's start with painting the, the future picture and then we can back into you know, some of the things that you guys agree you, you prioritize and like to accomplish, how we can use your assets to help you get there. Right. It's a different conversation.
2: Oh, of course it is. 888-908-0503 is the number you can call to get in touch with Daniel. And um, I, I love some of these numbers here. 29% of couples disagree about whether to spend for today or save for tomorrow. That's part of an Orion study. What do you? What's your take on that? that that's probably true, isn't it?
1: yeah i I think it is it's um when we think about spending t- today versus saving for tomorrow there's a lot of things that are part of someone's background financially that they've experienced that might influence what they think about how much they need to save or where they're going with their savings um and it you know it can come from you know family history maybe they haven't seen members of their family live late into their retirement years and they feel like they're you know, finance, their, you know, background in terms of medical history isn't setting them up for that. Others have had challenging, you know, investment experiences. I mean, you name it. Um, Any one of those things can drive a bias or a thought in your mind about, maybe I just want to use my money and spend it for today versus, you know, the opposing thought of, I really need to make sure I'm putting enough money away for the long term. And I want that peace of mind and security and knowing that, the long-term is taken care of.
2: Sure. Uh, you know, your future self will thank you if you do that, right?
1: right. <clears> okay, <throat> Right. Absolutely.
2: And uh, so this is one that's interesting, I think, too. Uh, a recent Accenture survey on couples and finances found that 51% of couples already view their current advisor as a life coach. That's quite an honor.
1: Yeah, that that's very encouraging, right? I, I can say that in the you know the relationships that I have and I've developed over the course of time, sometimes it feels more like that and uh, and it evolves, right? I mean, I've worked with some of my clients for the entire tenure that I've had almost 20 years and some meetings feel more like a life coach meeting than a financial meeting and then others are more down into the plan, into the logistics of what we're actually doing with their portfolio or with their assets to, you know, move them forward.
2: So well, that's really kind of what you do. I mean, you are a coach because, I mean, again, any athlete will tell you that, you know, the coaching is what kind of makes them the athlete that they are. I mean, they got to do the work. But, again, it's that coaching that can help get them there.
1: Right. right. And that's and you. That's your job. I like it. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the end, when you, when you turn on your favorite, you know, sports team and you start watching them play, I mean – The athletes are out there they're performing and doing what they do and they're able to they're accountable for the mistakes they make on the field and they also get to celebrate the victories that they have Uh, but the coaching is kind of what fine-tunes it so that they can make the most out of the each opportunity that they have you know and this is no exception right the client when you meet with them for the first time what they have to work with is the clients completely and you're just helping them fine-tune their plan fine-tune their direction um, and then in regards to this conversation, make sure that they're finding alignment and some agreement between, you know, both members of the relationship such that, you know, we can start to really get a, a you know, tangible direction uh, for them to pursue.
2: Sure. So how important is it for a couple to perhaps begin this conversation at home and get an idea of, you know, okay, these we're going to have this semi-united frontier? I, I mean, I think that's
1: an important piece to the puzzle, too, don't you? I do. And I think it, you know, like I said, sometimes when people do come in and they're not quite on the same page, it doesn't mean that that first meeting is not going to be productive. Right. Course, I mean, yeah. we're going to definitely help move it along. But there are some tips that I think are very helpful when it comes to having this conversation prior to that meeting or just in general, if you're not preparing for a meeting with an advisor, but you just want to smooth and, you know, have some smoother waters be- between yourself and your spouse in terms of talking finances. Um, I think it's a good thing to talk about regularly. Um, I think, maybe most importantly, um, after kind of that values, dreams, aspirations, part of it, you know, letting it be fun and something that you guys can celebrate where you're going and what you could potentially achieve is then backing into, you know, making sure you're being honest and fully disclosing your thoughts and details to each other so that you don't have that, you know, nagging feeling of, you know, I've got my cards on my side of the table. She's got her, she or he's got hers and we only show what we're willing to show. And we're there's that gamesmanship. I mean, you want to be in alignment and working together and not working together part of the time and then separately the rest of the time. Well, yeah, that would be
2: self-defeating. It would seem to me. And, uh, you know, again, you're a couple, so you're kind of a team and you, you, you gotta have to head head in the same direction. And, and again, that's what, that's what you do is to, you must have a number of ways to sort of begin that conversation.
1: Right. I, a lot of times it goes back to that, dreams and aspiration part. Right? All right? If we can start celebrating something fun and enjoying the process, I think it makes backing into the numbers and some of the maybe more logistical disagreements a little bit easier because we know that um, there, there's something more tangible out there for to motivate us to solve those disagreements. And it's less about one side or the other side feeling like they want to get a victory and about coming to an agreement so that we can track towards this fun, exciting vision that we now have together.
2: I would guess that as these plans begin to lay out and and, and unfold for couples, you got to get a little excited too, the way that you're helping them, you know, achieve those retirement dreams because that, I mean, we all dream about retirement and, and so to work with somebody like you, a a fiduciary that can really guide us along and and knowing that you're looking out for us, uh, you know, looking out for my best interest. That's very cool.
1: Yeah. And I, you know you use the mention of you know being kind of like coaching right and yeah. I've coached you know a couple of different times in my my life with you know athletics and worked with younger athletes and just like as a coach, how rewarding it is to see them an athlete not just you know making progress but taking accountability pushing themselves making their own strides independent of what you're helping them with and really getting excited about where they're going and then accomplishing something that they're they're proud of. I mean, it, it is in some ways very similar, right? I enjoy seeing people realizing that either, Hey, we can do more than we we thought, or maybe we, you know, a reality check of, you know, we're not quite where we want to be, but we feel so much better about the fact that we, we at least know where we stand and we know what we need to do now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And um, so again, we have to ask ourselves some questions. Uh, I mean, the couple does and, I like the fact that you as a, as an advisor, you take the emotion out of it. In other words, we lay it all out for you and you very, you know, objectively look at things with d- new eyes that can really begin to put that puzzle together, which again is something that you're quite good at.
1: Um, I I would never make that claim myself, right, that I'm good at that. But I, I've been told by clients that our process is helpful and that it works and Uh, What I'll say, though, is that I have a passion for it and I enjoy it. And so, you know, where I can give helpful, you know, call it marriage counselor type or a life coach type advice, I'm happy to do so. But in the end, obviously, I'm ultimately trying to help them steer their, you know, their financial vision into, um, you know, a more clear Uh, place and make it a reality as much as I possibly can. Sure.
2: So, Daniel, we're barely scratching the surface here, but I do think we need to
1: take a quick break. What do you think? Sure. But before we do that, um, you know, this is a really important discussion. If you haven't had it with your significant other and, you know, in hearing this, you say, "Okay, it's time for us to sit down, have this discussion, have someone not just go through the numbers, but maybe also go through that longer term vision and help us see how we're aligned and if we're aligned and then talk about the different options you have to get you there we put aside time every week specifically for people that listen to this show and want to come in um, and get that advice and kickstart things so um Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you and, and set aside that time and have a discussion with you.
2: That sounds great, Daniel. Folks, do take out this opportunity to sit down with Daniel and put together that financial roadmap. If you've never done it before, there's no time like the present. Daniel can really smooth things out for you, make things that are complex very easy to understand. 888-908-0503. 888 888-908- 908 You'll get that comprehensive financial review that he just described. But more importantly, you'll find that you now have a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be in retirement. So in short, you've got nothing to lose. 888-908-0503. 888-908-0503. Quick break for us. We're coming back. There are several reasons why people may be worried about retirement and why confidence in retirement has dropped to 2008 levels. Workers and retirees alike are beginning to feel the pinch. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at the most mentioned reasons for the lack of confidence and offer some suggestions. back on Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Uh, Daniel is a fiduciary, nearly 20 years helping folks get to and through retirement. And, and so the first segment, Daniel, we talked a lot about couples and, and how we have to sort of come together. So we're going to continue that a little bit. But again, with confidence levels dropping to 2008 levels. Now, I remember 2008. Uh, yeah, it was not pleasant for a
1: lot of us. No, it's, I mean, you're right. It was a challenging time and we've got things out, you know, elements out there, both, you know, financially and economically that remind people of what it was like then. And, it, you know, there's different things that are challenging now. Um, but that feeling, I think, for a lot of people is creeping back in and it's not a sense of familiarity that they like to see. And it reminds them, I think, of the different financial challenges that we could potentially face.
2: Right. And so uh, we did mention this last week, but uh, it's worth repeating the Employee Benefit Research Institute Retirement Confidence Survey. Uh, This is for 2023. 64 percent of workers, 73 percent of retirees are confident about their retirement prospects. That's down from 73 and 77 percent a year ago. Uh, By the way, this survey is the longest one of its kind conducted by uh, conducted with Greenwald Research. So, I mean, again, those are big numbers, Daniel.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, there's a lot of things out there right now that I think can be seen as challenges. Um, the rising cost of living, people are feeling it right now, the pain at the pump, as well as at the grocery store and across the board. Um, and you know, you add that on top of the fact that, you know, if they have investment accounts or the retirement accounts, uh, they have not been in, you know, a sustained growth mode for quite a, you know substantial period of time now, you know, the market has been challenged because of what's going on economically, uh, that combined with, you know, there's always things that are on people's radar economically or with, you know, social security, uh, national debt, just things that cause you to wonder if you really should have confidence. Right. I guess. And that's, you know, especially if you watch the, you know, news media nowadays, they're not going to report these things in a way that are very encouraging. So you always have to be careful how you're consuming that information and not letting it, you know, put you in a frame of mind where you're not necessarily thinking, you know, about your future in a way that is, you know, beneficial to you at that point, right? Right. Well, you mentioned social
2: security. And again, that's a Topic that comes up again and again, and I'm sure it comes up in your conversations with people as well. And people are scared that Social Security is going to go away. It's going to, you know, the Republicans want to go make it go away. The Democrats are going to have that. It's like, uh, you know, it's not going anywhere, right?
1: Right. Well, I, I'm not I think, saying it won't I mean, change. At least I, I, you know. Obviously, you and I are not in political office pulling those uh, those triggers. But what I would say is, um, you know, we're not looking at Social Security as something that's going to go away overnight. And especially for those that are either current retirees that are taking Social Security distributions or that are relatively close at this point. Now, is there discussion about it going away? for the younger generation or those that are seen as having more than enough time to make up for the fact that that may be reduced or changed in some way. Um, I think it's it's very prudent for a, a younger client or a younger couple that's thinking about a retirement that's quite a ways off to plan for an altered version of Social Security. And if it doesn't end up being the case, then you took the route of planning to potentially oversave a little bit versus undersave if those changes are made. Sure. And
2: um, so we talk about economic downturns in 2008 certainly was the hat with the housing collapse. And and right now, I mean, COVID certainly taught us a lesson as well that, you know, the economy is fragile and and understand the impact there, especially for those getting into or already in retirement.
1: Right. I mean, when we talk about the environment that we're in today, you know, there's the economic discussion. What are we seeing economically with inflation, you know, jobs, if people think about housing prices as a big indicator because of what we went through in, you know, 2007 to 2009. Um and it just I think that it's tough for your average person to see a lot of light at the end of the tunnel right now. Uh, but that being said, um, I don't hear a lot, and this is more of my personal opinion filtering from a lot of different sources, uh, as well as our broader team and the research that we do, a lot of um, outlook out there that is negative about the mid to long term. There's a lot of discussion about will we officially check that box and move into recession and what, how will that look as we are going through it. Um, but it doesn't seem like the projected duration of how long that may occur um, is all that long. And if we think about how the stock market works, the stock market is a leading indicator to the economy traditionally. And what that means is, if you chart the direction of say the S&P compared to what the economy is doing with positive or negative growth, you'll start to see the market, stock market recover potentially six to nine months prior to some of that economic recovery occurring. And when we look at things that way and then think about not only the duration of how long we've been in this, you know, kind of challenging moment that we're in now, but the fact that there is some out there that think that the outlook isn't all that bad or potentially positive and others that are maybe thinking we might be in a, you know, challenging position for a time. Um, I don't think anyone thinks that it's going to last, you know, too much longer such that I, you know, we're starting to see some elements of hope within people thinking that, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is and should be getting brighter, but we're not going to hear it from call it the everyday media for probably quite some time still.
2: All right. And well, sure. And one of the other things that that you talk about as well. So there's the economic impact on that, but again, we're living longer and that becomes part of the overall plan. We have to keep that in mind.
1: Yep. And we want that to be a positive thing. Um, I, I know that, uh, you know, if you were to talk to someone not within the confines of a financial plan, but just in general about things that they could do in their life to increase longevity, it's, it's almost always a positive discussion around doing healthy things and living a healthier life and enjoying a longer, more sustained life. And then when you shift to doing financial planning, um, it's seen as a big challenge and and a negative and we don't want that to be the case. Um, proper planning um, in advance to uh, make sure we've got an income plan, a distribution plan, uh, an overall financial plan that covers all the different aspects of the f- transition into retirement where you're now replacing your working income with the different forms uh, that we can generate while you're retired. Um, you know, We need to do that in such a way that longevity is not only something that we can sustain, but then once you feel like that burden has been lifted, you can celebrate, you know, continued longevity.
2: Well, yeah, you said, um, you know, proper planning, and and I didn't hear the, the other three Ps. Proper planning prevents pretty poor performance.
1: Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, proper planning not only prevents pretty poor performance, but it also gives you uh, the time necessary to hopefully have the performance needed so that you're Portfolio, your nest egg is what it needs to be to give you the life that you've designed for yourself. The way we discussed um, in the last segment about you know couples working together and having that shared vision, um, it's it's incredibly important to do so um, for you know the purposes of being able to get along and discuss finances in a in a productive manner. But when you are able to have that vision and then you see. What you have now, and the planning steps you're taking, aligning such that the path is completing, and you see it accomplishing what you need. It's it's an incredibly, um, it's an exciting thing to do um, for me, and I see it as very rewarding for the clients.
2: And again, getting back to this ERBI survey, I, this was startled me kind of um, that two in five of those surveyed didn't know who to go to for solid financial or retirement planning advice. I mean, that's why you're on the radio, obviously, to get that message out. You're, you're here to teach. You're here to educate. And that's really what motivates you, in, in, in large part, to, to work with people like this.
1: Yes, but I, I, and, and I, I am, and I love doing it. But I sometimes understand where that disconnect may be. Um, in financial services, there's so many different titles and specialties. There's a lot of financial services uh, providers that just do insurance or just do annuities or just do maybe a financial plan, but don't implement all of the moving parts. Obviously there's the estate planning, there's the tax planning. Uh, people that are out there don't necessarily know, well, how do I find someone to be the quarterback of that team to help coordinate all of those services? Um, I think what you'll find is not only is that going to be beneficial from the standpoint of getting advice doing the financial plan and creating that alignment. But once you get those different professionals collaborating as a team on your behalf, it's not just the coordination from a ease of business standpoint for you as a client, uh, but also that collaboration can definitely enhance the effectiveness of each one of those professionals um, as opposed to them operating separately for you. Right. But for anybody that is wondering that, I mean, Steve, you and I have talked about this. We're here. We're ready to sit down and meet with you. We would love to sit down with anybody that's listening to the show right now that doesn't feel like the person that is either providing them advice now is taking the holistic approach or if you've not had that discussion or it feels like maybe you've discussed things with people that once you dive deeper are only operating in one avenue or another, give us a call. Let's sit down. Let's take a look at everything and see, see what we could be doing.
2: That's how you get started, folks. Daniel's there for you, taking things that are complicated, breaking them down into something that really makes sense. It's a practical financial review, and if you're looking for that second opinion, Dan's your guy. 888-908-0503. It's a comprehensive financial review, and you'll see this is where you are today, but more importantly, it does become that roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be. In short, you've got nothing to lose. Call right away, 888-908-0503. Again, 888-908-0503. Hey, when we come back, it's time to get back to the basics. We're gonna break down some steps you can take now. to.
0: And now, Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer.
2: And we are back on Capital Insights. I'm consumer advocate, Steve Siddall. Daniel Meyer is here. Daniel is a fiduciary, nearly 20 years in helping folks get to and through retirement. Um, uh, Your website can be found at forgepw.com. That's forgepw.com. And uh, so Daniel, this is gonna be an interesting segment, I think. because we're, you know, you get back to basics. Sometimes I think we, you know, we have our conversations, Dan, and, and and sometimes, you know, you just assume that everybody knows what you do and they don't. Right? Right. So here's what right. we can we, do this to sort of help remind folks, all right. Yeah, we we understand the basics and and you understand the basics better than most, and and we just have to kind of go through them and remind everybody.
1: Yeah, and sometimes It's easy to overlook one of the basics, especially when you're trying to do more advanced work. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer out there trying to do some of these things yourself, uh, sometimes the simplest part of the process can accidentally get overlooked. So, um, you know, if you're listening right now and you feel like you have a pretty good handle on, you know, your financial planning or retirement planning, It never hurts to rehear the basics and make sure you haven't had something slip through the cracks.
2: So let's start with the basic of basics. The basics of basics is uh, (laughs) saving regularly and, you know, putting money away for retirement from as early on as you can possibly imagine. But even if you're in your 40s or early 50s, it's not too late. You can still put a lot of money away.
1: Absolutely. I mean... I, I can't stress this part enough, right? Uh, you, you can go out and create the most advanced financial plan or the most in-depth and advanced tactical investment strategy, um, but it's all driven by you know your motivation to carve out the appropriate amount of savings on a regular basis and for a long enough period of time to drive the entire picture. Um, without that all other things that we could do to try and help you reach your goals get incredibly strained. Right. So that's the foundation. That's and that's also the area where you can have the biggest influence um, and make the biggest impact because, you know, it's a very known thing out there that there's no guarantee Um, And, you know, traditionally and what performance you're going to get out of an investment portfolio. uh, But you can so you may not be able to feel like you can control the rate of return you're going to get every year, but you can control um, within reason, obviously, how much you're able to put away on an annual basis.
2: Right. And one of the ways that we can get a little more put aside is to, to maximize that 401k match. In other words, if your employer matches whatever it might be, the first, you know, 6% or whatever it is, make sure you're putting in at least that much to get that money. That's free money.
1: Right. If you're not taking advantage of the match fully, you are leaving money on the table. And, you know, odds are whatever that contribution percentage is, you probably need to do it. Even if you didn't get a match, it's likely not a percentage contribution that is so high that it's beyond what you would have needed anyway but if doing that contribution allows you to get a match from your employer money into your retirement plan that would otherwise not be getting contributed on your behalf uh, you really don't want to leave that on the table that's free money for you
2: 888-908-0503 there's the number that'll get you started with daniel um also we want to take advantage of um well perhaps the the catch-up contributions that we can make because they are significant if uh, you know if you get to be 50 years old that's when those catch up kicks the catch ups kick in and a chance to to really i mean take a serious look and say all right well, I'm going to sacrifice a little bit here and put more money away for retirement
1: yeah it's right i mean at that point you're you're starting to come into the home stretch um even if your retirement age that you've set for yourself is a little older it it's still the catch-up provision is a great benefit take advantage of it um at that point in your career the irs is allowing you to put um numbers that depending on if you're talking about your 401k plan at work or an ira uh, the numbers are different for each type of plan but money above what the traditional limits are to allow you to catch up if you've maybe got a little bit of a gap in your projected retirement income that you want to make up those additional savings could help you get there
2: that's a great way to think about it. Um, and so one of the other things, if you don't have a 401k at work, or maybe you're an independent, uh, person and, um, but so you, but there's nothing to stop you from opening your own IRA, right?
1: Correct. Um, and if you, I mean, you can open your own IRA, um, it's going to have different contribution limits, traditionally a little, you know, lower than what you would have in a work retirement plan, especially if you've got, you know, what usually is there, like a 401k. Um, But there's nothing stopping you. You're still going to get that money in pre-tax, get a deduction that year. Um, And that's if you use a traditional IRA. Uh, In some cases, it's better fit for you to fund a Roth IRA. And in that case, you're not going to get to deduct the money that year. Um, But in both cases, the money is going to grow on an annual basis in a tax-deferred manner. Um, The only difference is in the traditional IRA, where you've got the tax break on the front end, you will have an income tax uh, burden uh, when you take the distribution. If you fund a Roth IRA, you did not get the tax break up front, but on the back end, when you potentially take a distribution, you are not going to pay any taxes on the money you put in or the gains. Um, And on top of that, you won't have the required minimum distributions kicking in uh, when you hit that age.
2: Sure. 888-908-0503 is the number and uh, minimizing fees in your retirement accounts. Boy, that's an important part of this too.
1: It is. I I think it's something that goes overlooked a lot of times, the different costs that are associated with being an investor. And it's it's funny because I think some out there think that, well, if you hire a financial advisor and you work with them on the financial planning process, but also on the investment side, you're going to pay much higher fees. And it's not always the case, right? You have to look at, first off, where's the money actually being held? Am I investing with, you know, just at a retail brokerage firm and then, or with the advisor, where are they keeping the assets? Are there costs associated there? Now we look at the investment themselves. Are there costs of ownership and what are they, right? Um, Then at the advisor level, if they're charging a management fee, is the fee appropriate for the service that's being provided? And am I getting a benefit of you know, proactive service from the advisor that is offsetting that fee and making it of benefit for you as the client because you see um, you know, hopefully the results on an ongoing basis in your portfolio. But I, I would say, I, in some ways, Um, Others that I've talked to in the industry, and this is just me speaking with personally now, have sometimes, you know, I've had a chuckle with them and saying, I actually sometimes really appreciate the commercials I see on TV for those in investment firms or custodians that are offering more of the self-service approach and the tools for research are getting better every day. The costs of ownership of some of the investment options are getting lower and lower because of competition. And I love that. And I think that that combined with kind of the evolving managed money approach that advisors are using and that we are using as a firm um, is just getting the client the best of what's out there on both sides.
2: And that is really kind of what it's all about. And uh, so boosting your social security benefit, in other words, uh, there are ways that, uh, well, what should happen is, especially if it's a couple, need to maximize that benefit. And that means working together to make sure that that benefit is maximized between the two of them.
1: Yep. Then, um, like most things in financial planning, there's no one size or one answer fits all. But it's going through with the clients what their options are at the different ages. Um, and also what are the other elements of, you know, retirement income that they have. And then we have to go to the other side of the equation and what is their intentions for, you know, what they want to use their money for, what is, are they retiring to and what does it look like and how are they timing everything? And that's when we can consider, does it make sense to delay those distributions to a, an, a later age to get the higher benefit. And obviously, when you do that, you did initially leave some money on the table because the money that you could have had distributed from, say, age 67 to age 70, you know, could be a, a decent sized sum. So then we have to look at how long would you have to get the increased benefit for um, until you basically earn that money left on the table back. And we look at the break-even point because beyond that age, it would have been beneficial for you to have waited. And because it's, you know, like I said, everyone's situation is different. There's no one answer that anyone should be giving you in terms of everyone should wait or everyone should take early. It's, it's completely dependent on your situation.
2: Absolutely. And, and again, the, uh, when we say sign up for Medicare on time, I mean, doesn't everyone just sign up when they're 65? What happens if you don't?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can potentially be, um, have issues with penalties or other things if you don't sign up. Um, I would encourage everyone who is approaching Medicare age um, to do your research, Um, but also there's a lot of good resources out there for self-help, but there also is, you know, Medicare specialists that can help you take a look at what your options are locally, um, get you into the right plan, Um, And that service typically doesn't cost the client anything. Um, So I always encourage that process to make sure that you're getting the most guidance possible when making Medicare decisions. Well,
2: and again, again, that's, I mean, it's great that you want to help folks do that. And and folks, if you want to get some help right now, now'd be the time to give Daniel a call.
1: Absolutely. We set aside time every week to have these discussions. Uh, We just went through some of the, more basic concepts that we help people with. And like I mentioned at the beginning, if you feel like you've got a pretty solid foundational understanding about your finances or your financial plan and where it's going, um, you know these are foundational concepts, but we definitely can help you dive in and get into more of the ditty gritty details of your plan. Um, On the flip side, if you feel like you're more at the beginning and some of the things we just discussed, you're not quite sure if you're, you're doing it right or if you're 100% set. It doesn't matter where you're at in terms of financial understanding or what your proximity is to retirement, that check in with a professional just to see, get a temperature check or a well check, if you will, to see if you're set up the way you like to be is always a prudent move. And we love to do so.
2: That sounds fantastic, Daniel. 888-908-0503. It's a comprehensive financial review. You'll see where you are today, but more importantly, you're going to walk out with a roadmap that'll help get you to where you need to be. 888-908-0503. Again, 888-908-0503. And when we come back, we're going to dig into some questions. We are back on Capital Insights with Daniel Meyer. I'm Consumer Advocate Steve. So and all this is our final segment together. That means that we have turning to the listeners and uh, check in with what they're thinking and, and uh, get an idea of what they want to know and how you can help them. Daniel, what do you think?
1: Sounds great. Let's hear what people, uh, what questions people have. Yeah, you got it. it.
2: And uh, let's see. We'll start with Gary. Uh, Gary says, my spouse and I are 79 and 77 years old. We have $2 million in assets and want to transfer some of that to our grandchildren when we pass. Instead of giving them each a set amount all at once, is it possible to give them certain amounts over the years?
1: The answer is yes. Um, when passing estate assets to, well, I mean, whether it's grandchildren or directly to children, uh, there's a lot of options out there and ways to do so. Um, you know, more specifically here to Gary's question, uh, if you want to pass money to grandchildren and you want to establish um, a way of giving it where it's not all at once, but maybe over, you know, a period of time, you know, the short answer here is you would need to establish a trust if you haven't already to ensure that you not only can clearly define, you know, call it the rules of the distribution or what you would and in- like to uh, have happen with the assets, um, but that's also important for once the assets are actually being distributed, making sure that the wishes that you had for your asset distribution are being followed and executed to a T um, once you've passed on and the, the estate assets have moved on to the next generation. Sure.
2: And and so, I mean, again, so what they're wanting to do is something that's very doable, isn't it?
1: It is. It is. And, you know, f- Additional food for thought, I guess, is, you know, it's not just possible to, you know, maybe distribute to both, you know, children or grandchildren or to control lump sum or over the course of time. You know, you can control a lot of additional elements when, you know, designing a trust for passing the state. Um, You could, if you like, control how the um, beneficiaries um, can use the funds so you can dictate if it's, you know, I want to fund. Uh, only higher education costs for the grandchildren, right? Mm-hmm. Or you could establish not just maybe a uh, you know an age requirement before they're able to access the funds. Um, I've even seen um, clients that I've worked with establish that once a grandchild hits a certain age, they no longer have access to the trust assets. Uh, in fact, just last year I, I dealt with this. It was a very specific case where the grandfather gave a set dollar amount to his two children a fixed dollar amount the remaining estate which was fairly substantial passed to the grandkids they had no access prior to being 18 from 18 to 35 they have access to the funds but it's only for um, higher education housing costs Um, there was a couple of other costs that are affiliated in there but the it was clearly meant to help them along in charting their own path, but not be a windfall for anybody. And then once the final grandchild um, hit 35, the remaining assets that were in the estate passed to a charity that they designated. So there's a lot of flexibility. Um, This example that I gave highlights some, but there's, there's quite a bit that you can do.
2: And you do a lot with estate planning as well, don't you?
1: I do. And um, I've mentioned before about, you know, I, I, as a financial advisor, knowing that there's a lot of people out there that, you know, wear that, we use that title that tend to wear a lot of hats. And so I do want to say that, you know, estate planning from, you know, being incorporated into a financial plan is one thing, but sitting down with someone who can actually put together your will, your trust, um, get all those things in place. That's something our broader team does. but. I think this is a perfect time to highlight the strength of a collaborating team, right? Um, if you go to one organization, or let's say the trust attorney to get that done, you have a financial advisor, you get your, let's say your tax services or other things somewhere else. Um, there's no collaboration between the different professionals that can sometimes maybe limit the real benefit you could be getting from each one, um, and to tie back to what we started this uh, this hour with, you know, you talked about being a life coach, right? Yeah. Well, if we're working with a family and we've known them for a long time, and we know so much about not just their financial assets but their aspirations, their dreams, as we discussed, and where they're going, why would we not be heavily involved in and at all the meetings with the estate attorney? to help make sure that there's nothing lost in translation from what the clients would like to do to what the estate attorney is putting on paper. And it's even further enhanced when we're we're working together hand in hand as a team. Sure, so. all right, Gary,
2: give us a call. It's 888-908-0503. Sounds like something that's very uh, achievable. Let's go on to Roland. Roland says, I've heard that current retirement advice is to have a million dollars saved to retirement we have a guaranteed income of 80% of our current working income to pension funds and railroad retirement. We will probably never take social security. We do not have a million dollars saved for retirement. Although there are nearing reti- although we are nearing retirement age. Now does the advice of saving a million dollars for retirement apply to our situation?
1: Sure. Um, now, there's a lot going on here, what yes, you just uh, described, right? Um, and as you know, Steve, I never give you know absolute advice with questions without knowing all the details, but in general, just in some of the things that I can pick out of what you just described. Uh, first off, I've been doing this for almost 20 years, and part of the financial planning process is you do see, you know, even though it's more income based once you get to retirement, you do see what the accumulation need is for somebody. And I've never seen it be million dollars on the dot, right? I've seen it be much larger. I've seen it be much lower. Uh, but it's really something that's unique to the client. Um, that being said, also, um, with what we just heard, um a lot of people that may be putting out that thought, you need a million dollars for retirement, may not have so many, um, you know, pension or resources that it sounds like Rowan has, uh, they may need, uh, they may only have Social Security and need a million dollars as their additional pool to pull income from. Um, so in this scenario, again, not to over generalize, but two pensions, um, a railroad retirement, like you mentioned, covering the majority of their current income, it sounds like the, you know, the million dollar rule, if that was what it was wouldn't necessarily apply here because they may need their additional retirement assets just for uh, lump sum purposes and security, as opposed to producing income. And then, um, I don't often hear that someone says they'll probably never take social security. Right. And, uh, yeah, Roland, if we sat down and talked, right. I probably would advise you to reconsider that at least let's at least have the discussion. But furthermore, I think if we could, you know, read the tea leaves here, that's probably an indication that there's probably not going to be a, a heavy distribution burden on the retirement assets that they have built up if they don't even feel they need to take Social Security. Right. right. So um, a, a couple different angles to think about there. But, you know, in the end, it's it's really what's unique to them and what their needs are.
2: All right. Let's see. We've got time for one more. Let's go to Harriet. Harriet says, how long do you typically have to wait for your Social Security application to be approved? I applied for Social Security in January, have been planning to retire as soon as it's approved. I called last week. They told me there was an issue with identical-looking contributions in 1992, and I should call back in a few months for an update. Is this a common occurrence? Any suggestions on where to go from here? Holy cow, that'd be frustrating.
1: Oh, that would be very frustrating indeed, and I'm sorry to hear about that, Harriet. Um, I, you know— I guess I don't know if that's a common occurrence in general, right? I, I don't work for the social security administration. I know that for the clients that I've worked with, I've come across a couple issues over the course of time, but typically if things are going smoothly, um, the time it takes is, you know, six to eight weeks. Um, they, there's literature out there that states that, you know, it could take more like three to four months. Um, so it, it can be anywhere in that window, but it sounds like we've already pushed, Around that period of time that and if there was a statement made that it could be another few months um you know it's it's prudent to continue to check in um, the social security administration has you know the one eight hundred number that you can check on status frequently um but if this starts to become more and more of an issue uh this may be a situation where a uh, social security attorney may need to be involved. Okay, that makes sense.
2: Uh there you go, Harriet, give us a call. We can uh, straighten that out for you. We hope. Uh let's see. Uh JJ is uh, wondering he um he says, I don't know if it's a he or she. Uh JJ says my parents are 62 and 64 and will retire in about 3 to 5 years. Now they both have a pension and will get social security. That'll get them about 80% of their current income, which is enough. They have about 100k in 401ks and 100k in variable annuities. They also own uh, their 650 thousand dollar house. Now, I've heard of the 50 40 split of stocks bonds was a good strategy. Is this how they should be allocated, or are there any other investment vehicles that would be better for people in their scenario?
1: Well, again, there's a lot going on there. Um, First off, you know, saying this is what they have an income, which is enough uh tells me they've been doing some projections some planning which is great um it's probably a good idea to get a second opinion on that you know being enough we know we would, could dive into the details and make sure all things are considered in terms of medical expenses taxes but that being said back to the question of you know they've got the 100k in the 401s and 100k in variable annuities and then jumping to the 6040 rule um i don't think any one rule should you know captures what any one person should be doing right just like um there's no one way to take you know to look at social security or to look at an estate pass passing i mean there's it's just doesn't work that way and especially if you've got someone who is uh retiring and has the majority or all of their expenses covered um the how to look at risk from the standpoint of a a liquid portfolio does not necessarily just have to be based on age. It can also be based on a number of other factors, including the need for distributions or a distribution burden. So in some cases we find actually that a little more risk might actually be okay. Uh, In other situations, it's because it's not needed to get a higher return. There's no need to take it. And we, of course, align that with the client's objectives, but, um, you know we've had some great questions. Uh, if you're listening and you have your own questions, that is exactly why we do this. Um, you've got your, your own situation, questions that are unique to you, and we love to help you. Um, we set aside time every week to do so, and this week will be no exception. So we're ready and willing. And give us a call.
2: That's all you get started, folks. 888-908-0503. An opportunity for you to get that comprehensive financial review. There's no cost, there's no obligation, and you'll get a roadmap that'll help guide you, help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 888-908-0503. 888-908-0503. Daniel, it's always a pleasure to be here and, and certainly have these conversations. The information's always so important.
1: Well, thank you for uh, being here as well. I always enjoy the time and yeah, I enjoy doing this and I look forward to also helping people uh, directly as well.
0: Investment advisory services offered the Daniel Meyer, registered investment advisor. During the show, Daniel Meyer provides general information and not individually targeting personalized advice and is not liable for use of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and products or services should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy yourself and use financial this information should also not be considered in your Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in field of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when the may be worth more or less than you the invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guarantees or concerns refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to investment advisory services. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Forge Private Wealth. By contacting Forge Private Wealth, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.